Also, this podcast is sponsored by FNXFit.com. This website has protein shakes, powders, testosterone boosters, gummies, shirts, pretty much anything all about being healthy. Also, by the way, guys, you guys will get 10% off any order that you purchase with my discount code TJGleesack25. That's right, 10% off. And trust me, like 10% off will really help you guys out in the long run. Also, guys, if you don't like any of our products, well, we'll give you a refund with all your money back. So don't worry about that. You know, your money will be back. We'll get back to you once you meet your purchase. So go to FNXFit.com. That is FNXFIT.com. It will direct you to this, you know, awesome looking page. It's really just about staying healthy. And I know a lot of people want to stay healthy, especially during this time with the whole coronavirus out. So go to fnxfit.com, use my discount code TJGleesack25, and you'll get 10% off of any order. And if you guys want to get refunded, well, you'll get your money back. So uh, that's it. So let's go. episode we talk with dana holly now pretty much this was a really fun conversation we talked about her career what she does uh what type of music she listens to and pretty much that was really it it was just a really fun conversation and plus you know i give a little insider on you know what i've been through as a kid and that i had that i have asperger's and i you know I never really share that stuff with anybody only because like, I just, I guess I'm afraid what people think. I really am. I, I really get that sense that like, you know, if I tell somebody that I have a form of autism, that a lot of people look at me differently and treat me like I'm, um, you know, dumb. And, you know, I never really share that with anybody just because, especially on social media, only because it's not me, it's not me being pity. I don't want a pity party. I don't want to say, hey, I have uh, autism and, you know, I want people to feel bad. It's not that. It's that me and her shared a weird connection during this podcast, which made me want to say, like, you know, hey, I had a learning disability. I have Asperger's. It's a form of autism. And I really enjoyed talking with her about that because, you know, it's hard to have weird, it's, when you have a, when you're talking to somebody, you always have some weird connection, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, or whatever, and this was a really good connection that we had, um, 
And I hope to have more interviews like this because the last two, the last guy I interviewed, we had a good connection and a few interviews ago with Ray Gonzalez. Uh, it was also another good connection where we talked for two hours and Paul was a good connection, which was the interview that I just had recently. But yeah, it was a great connection. And um, I hope, you know, I have more of these good connections for the show because I really enjoy them. But yeah, guys. Dana Holly came on the show. Really fun interview. Last episode of the week. <laughs> but um, if you guys are new, make sure you like and subscribe on all my social media platforms. TJTV on YouTube and TJ's Vlogs on YouTube as well, where you can catch all my vlog content, horror content. Gleason Photography and Videography on Facebook. TJTV is also on Facebook as well, where you can catch all my past episodes. And... That's really it. That's all I got. So uh, next week we have another interview coming out on Monday. And I think that's it for the week. Uh, don't quote me on that. You know, I'm just taking one step at a time. And uh, before we you know, get on with the interview, I want to do a little bit of fan feedback. And we're going to talk about that in a few seconds. So let's see. I'm looking at this on my phone real quick. It was really fun hearing from Dave. This is a feedback from Dave. Dave came on the show yesterday and he was talking about, you know, how he was depressed and pretty much how he, you know, wishes, you know, hopes his career kicks off this, that, and the third. In any event, I really feel for Dave right now. You know, it's hard in these times and I hope he gets to where he wants to be in the future. He's a really nice guy and I like the retrospective you did with him over the summer. Um, I hope to hear more from Dave. Here's another one. Dave seems like a nice kid. I don't like when people are depressed because it makes me depressed. And, you know, hopefully he will find happiness one day. Yes, I feel the same way. I hope he finds happiness too because Dave is a good friend of mine and I want him to find happiness. Um, Paul Hutchinson. This was a really fun interview. I hope you interview more people like him because he seems like a nice, genuine guy and maybe you will get to interview some of the members of Motley Crue. Yeah, me too. I hope I can interview them as well. I don't like your views on Dr. Seuss. A lot of people claim that he was a great writer, but I know deep down what type of person he was. So your views on Dr. Seuss are completely wrong. And uh, that was some bad fan, uh, fan feedback. So... Uh, Listen, it, what I said yesterday in my show, or two days ago in my show, what I said about Dr. Seuss and you know him being racist and whatnot, I, I, we, no one knows what type of person Dr. Seuss was. Nobody really knows, and I can't you know make that judgment because I don't know who he was. So, what I said about Dr. Seuss and him not being racist and his books. It's my opinion. I'm allowed to have an opinion. More fan feedback. I agree with you 100%. We shouldn't be, you know, canceling culture as a whole because this is stuff we grew up with. And hopefully the world gets back to a better place. The world gets to a better place. Back to a better place. All right. It's enough fan feedback for now. So we want to go from there. And um, I'm going to play a little bit of music for a second, and then we're going to get on with the Dana Holly interview.
only on TJTV. So uh, I'll see you guys in just a couple seconds. Peace. Hallie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. So you're a singer. I, I sing. I'm a songwriter. You're a songwriter. Yeah. Now, how did you become a songwriter? Well, that, that's a long story. The short version is, uh, what is the short version? I don't know. I've always been drawn to music. That isn't my career. That is something I picked up more in the last two and a half years. I mean, I started when I was young. But it is, um, you know, certain people are just drawn to share their life stories through music. And I've always had that pull. But for a while, I had to focus on earning money and being an adult. And now I get to um, still do my other work, but get to do the songwriting part, too. So I feel really lucky. Do you have any inspirations when uh, you started? When I started songwriting? Yeah. You mean doing it more actively? Um, well, yeah, you, it, it was, you'll laugh when you're so much younger than I am, but my daughter didn't know that I had ever been a songwriter. And I did it when I was in you know, high school, college and beyond. And then I took a break to work. You know, I practiced law for about a decade and then I, I currently run a nonprofit organization. And we were just talking and you know, she was in her twenties and just said, she didn't have any idea I ever did music. And I just had this moment where I thought all those songs I had written are going to sit in a literal file and just go nowhere. And so I just got brave and decided to 
dust them off and start writing some new music. And that's kind of how it, I mean, there's more detail, but that's the short story. I also saw that you were a poet too, or you were a writer. I'm sorry. Yeah. Stop. Why did you stop writing? Was it just because you had too much time? Like you had like so much little time on your hands or did, was it just because you didn't feel like doing it anymore? No, no. I, I mean, honestly, life just got, I mean, I don't know how detailed you want me to be because we were just getting to know each other, but I, I wrote a lot when I was in high school and college and did, you know, I wrote poetry for, you know, little local publications and had my books of poetry. And then I started to move into more songwriting and I went to law school and I, I became a lawyer and I just did not have time to do that part of life. And then I got married and I had children and I was working and it's just busy. It was just busy. So it wasn't that I didn't want to, it's just that my time was differently focused. And yeah, no, I, I see that completely. I mean, yeah, I see I graduate. Well, I didn't really even graduate, to be brutally honest. So I went to mm -hmm. high school, you know, got my degree and whatnot. I went to a community college, got my associates, and then I went to um, a university. And I decided, like, you know, I don't want to do this. So my parents, you know, said I had to work more. So I was basically, I'm basically busy all the time because I'm doing this. I have a full-time job. I make videos. I have a, you know, a new house to support now. It's just, it's crazy. Like, and I didn't think like being at the age of 26 doing this would be like, cause me a lot of, uh, you know, cause me to be busy all the time. Yeah. Well, and if you even think about it, so you have, you have your regular job and you can do this, but if you think of it 20 or even 30 years ago, the internet wasn't as big and it wasn't as easy to do things on your own. And it wasn't as easy to get songs produced because you had to have money and you had to go into a studio. There wasn't online production. I currently work with a producer in the UK, producers on the East Coast, because you can do so much electronically and transfer files and music files through Logic or GarageBand without having to be in the same physical space. People have home studios. And so, you know, in the old days, you had to do it in the more classic way where you would get the band members together, right? And all record. And, and then it progressed and you could have instrumentals that were um, created at different times and they were all mixed together, but oftentimes it had to be done live and in person. And now the way technology has, has advanced, you can never actually face-to-face -face meet people that you work with every day. Right. So, it, it, so that, that made it easier, I think, for people to do that, or even with you and your videos and, you know, having your podcast. I mean, even 15 years ago, that would have been a lot different than how it is now, where you can basically set it up in a room of your house and have all the technology at your fingertips. That's exactly. kind of cool. Yeah. I, I think mean, it opens the door to a lot of people to do what they want to do. I mean, even five years ago, it was different because like this was never like I never did audio. I always did video and it was always on Facebook, too. So what I did, I had my phone and I would just like this phone right here yeah. and I would just like have a Facebook live video on my computer and I would flip the Facebook live video on the person. and It would be so it would be such shitty quality. And I'm kind of glad Zoom works out pretty well because if I wanted to do video, it would work out. But I mean, with audio, I think like doing this for five years and like actually learning the ins and outs and like really putting my time into it, it really helps. 
and it really made me evolve as a person. I feel like doing the show. Yeah. Well, and, and I looked, I, when I was looking into what you've been doing, I mean, you can see you've been doing it and evolving and it seems like it's really a big part of the direction that you want to go is to keep doing your, your TV and your podcast and all that. So it's just great that you can pursue that while still earning money to keep your home and all that. And then who knows, maybe this all takes off and that can, that's your primary gig. I don't know if that's your goal or not, but. Oh, it is. Yeah. My, my goal. So when I was in, when I was 13, I wanted to be, well, no, when I was 17, let's put it that way. I knew I wanted to do something with like entertainment and I knew who Howard Stern was because of my dad. But um, I think he stopped listening to him around the time. Like I was like, you know, not in like the late nineties. He's probably stopped listening to him, but I knew who he was. I kind of wanted to follow his footsteps and I did that on YouTube, but I realized that direction I was going and wasn't really, it was kind of bad, but it was kind of good at the same time. But I'm not like, I'm not really like him. I'm not like the type of guy like where I'm just going to attack somebody else for because of the way they are or whatnot. Right. Well, I, I don't know if we talked about this when we were doing our, our messaging, but in, in the day when Howard Stern was really just starting to build his, his, his show, I listened to a lot of it. I mean, there were people, a lot of my friends were kind of interested and it was the whole, you know, shock jock thing, but he was also a nice guy on the inside. You know what I mean? It's not, he was just all, it wasn't always attacking. I mean, he was, he, he is a smart guy who asks good questions and he did shocking things and he had shocking events and scenarios on his show, but he also, you could tell he was like a caring guy. He wasn't like an, he wasn't a jerk or anything. I mean, it's like someone who'd be fascinating to sit down with. So I think if, if, if he's one of your inspirations, just in the, in, in the way he relates with audiences or, the way he makes things interesting, that isn't, a, it's not a bad thing. You know, he's a, yeah. he's kind of a cool guy. I just, I think because I was focused on him, I just saw a Drew Barrymore interview that he did with her. Yeah. And like two weeks ago. Yeah. But he, he, it was totally respectful. I mean, he could have been Jay Leno or Johnny Carr. I mean, he was just completely nice and interviewing her about, you know, her kind of reuniting with her ex and, you know, having conversations. And I thought, it was just an insightful interview. So I don't know. He's, he's, he's evolved over the years quite a bit. Yeah. And it was funny because I interviewed one of his, uh, one of his former interns, Steve Grillo. And he was telling me like, no, like the people that he used to listen, like the thousands or millions of people that used to listen to him. He only has like a couple hundred thousand because they don't like the way he evolved. And I, I'm on this Facebook page. It's like Howard Stern. Like everyone complains about him constantly about the show. And I'm thinking like, he's 60 66 or however old he is uh, you can't blame the guy for not you know putting in his all i mean he's been doing it all his life but and what if his all has changed though what if he's still putting his all but his all has changed maybe he doesn't want to be such a shock jock and have like yeah. what was it the kill bossa queen like, like he had all these crazy like scenarios that he would pull off and maybe at his age he wants to transform himself into something else. I have no idea. Now I'm going to have to look into what's going on with him. But, you know, you grow and you change. And I think true fans have to let you grow and change and not be haters about it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot of people don't like the way that he evolved. And it, I kind of I kind of understand because I kind of evolved in my own way. And my friends don't like, like when I first started dating uh, my fiance, 
like I kind of changed my ways a little bit because they were all, you know, still doing drugs and smoking pot. Right. Like, you know, I don't want to smoke pot and do all that anymore because I'd rather have a beer and just relax, you know? That makes sense. <laughs> and they got a little upset because I evolved, but it's like you have to evolve in order to be successful, I feel like. Yeah, particularly if you have a long career like that, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and bringing it back to songwriting, songwriting has evolved, right? The, I mean, the way you would put down your lyrics and the type of songs and the song structure, that's evolved. It's not like the genres have completely changed, but the way people write music, it, everything, everything evolves. I mean, if you don't, I just think you get stagnation and, and it gets boring to do the same thing over and over. So, yeah. And people don't realize that. A lot of people complain about it. Yeah. I mean, I, so like right now with the podcast, I did an episode today about the Dr. Seuss, uh, you know, books getting banned. And I said some pretty crude things and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I can't write, I can't do this because if this gets out, this could like get me. So I had to like clean up my act a little bit doing this because, and like some stuff bugs me, but I don't really put like, I do it for entertainment. I don't do it just because I want to. I do it all for strictly entertainment. You know what I mean? Right. Same thing with the election. I did like a four-hour election show. I said, all right, you know, who, who, who'd you vote for? You voted for Trump? Oh, that's cool. You know, that's good that you voted for him. Yo, you voted for Biden? Oh, I heard he's a piece of shit, but I, I support your vote. Like, I feel like doing these types of shows, like, you know, I love getting interactions from different people because a lot of people attack me when I do this stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know you. I'm going to have to check that out. Why do they attack you? Because they think that, um, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, it, I, I guess if, if they feel like you're judging them or you're making state, I don't know. I mean, if you're just out there being yourself and sharing your views, I don't know. That kind of seems, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people are going to attack, attack somebody no matter what, though, when it comes to whatever they're doing, either writing, uh, doing a podcast or just simply typing a Facebook status. Yeah. OK, so that's an interesting point. I was just watching um, on Instagram. Um, I really like Glennon Doyle and she was she was you know, talking with her wife and, it, and someone had said, had done something really um, written something very, very mean. And she just said, bless and block, which I thought was so interesting. But the idea was, you know, there are people out there who have so little to do with their time that instead of being productive, they just go find people to hate on and to be mean to. And that's just like, I just think, okay, well, I don't really want to deal with those people. So I hope they don't, you don't let those kind of people influence you from pursuing what you really want to do to a, to a great extent, because there are always going to be people out there who have nothing better to do with their time than criticize others. And those others might be on their way to creating something that's really great. So I think when you're out there in the public, you have to kind of wear your armor. And as long as you're being true to yourself and you're, you know, being generally kind, I mean, I, you can't go out and be an a-hole, I'm sure, because then just people wouldn't like you in general, but you seem like a likable guy. So I just, I wouldn't, try and temper everything for it with the idea that people might not like what you say. I would just make sure that when you say something, that is something that you, you truly feel. Does that make any sense? Yeah. In a way it does. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I was working all day, so I didn't get to hear what was going on with Dr. Seuss, but I just know it's like, oh my gosh, it, Dr. Seuss, those books are awesome. I grew up on them. My kids grew up on them. And I know that something bad happened with relate, that related to them because I saw all these little posts, but I, I really don't I know the underlying thing that happened. So evidently there's like six books that got banned and they were deemed to be uh, racist and harmful. And <sighs> The way I look at it is like people that, you know, grew up like I want to I want to go and say kids like, like kids and adults from I want to say probably 19, let's say 1980s, 1980s to probably 1999. They grew up listening or, or reading Dr. Seuss, no doubt in my mind. But now that this is coming out and people are picking at every little detail in the, you know, with whatever they're reading, now the parents that are like in their 30s that are like born in 1980 and then kids in the 90s, they're saying, oh, this is completely racist. I can't believe I read this. Like they're, they're being hypocritical about the whole like situation when they read mm. the book like several years ago. And, and that's yeah. what I don't like. Uh, that, that's my goal. Like if you're a lot of people are being are so hypocritical nowadays and I'm one of them, uh, I'll admit everyone is in their own certain way. Right. And the fact that they're, you know, agreeing with the people that are picking every little thing apart, you read the book or you watched the movie or you probably said a racial slur probably a long time ago. But now you're saying, I never did that. I'm such a saint, pretty much. That, that's okay. what I'm get at. If you can understand what I'm trying to say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of. And now I'm going to have to look more about what books are banned. I think that, um, yeah, I, I have now I'm going to have to research what happened with that because we, I mean, you're even before the 80s, like in the 60s and 70s, right? Those books are old. I think I was, I was read them when I was young and then I read them to my kids. And um, I don't know if I read the books that were banned because I don't know which books were banned. But anyway, I, never heard I do. Of books. You what? I, like when I looked at the books, I never heard of any single, like. Any I know book. I tried to look real quick while we were chatting. It says, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street and if I ran the zoo. The Mulberry Street one, I know. I don't know if I ran the zoo. Let's That's see. the one I was unfamiliar. Yeah, you know what's really funny? I I knew I don't know Obion Zebra, McElligot's Pool, Scrambled Eggs. I don't even know those. Those aren't like the main books that were popular. I mean, Cat in the Hat or Green Eggs and Ham or If I Lived in the Zoo or If I Had Duck Feet. Like I can just rattle off Dr. Seuss books, 10 apples on top. All of those books are awesome. And I think that they aren't included in this group that were banned. So I'm, I'm kind of... A, now I have to go look at those banned books. I don't think that we own any except for maybe the Mulberry Street one. Um, They're also maybe... trying, they were also trying uh, to ban Greece as well because they said it was sexist and uh, hateful towards women. <laughs> really? I was in the musical when I was in junior high school. <laughs> I, I love that movie. That was my, yeah. my favorite. That got me in the musicals, actually. I mean, th there was, you know, it was a, t it was a time it reflected the times. And so it was like a period piece. So clearly if you brought it into this year, there'd be issues with the way people are treated. But, but just because something happened that was a period piece back then doesn't mean you can't just say, okay, well, that's what was back then. And we wouldn't treat women that way now. And that's kind of. 
Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of things that upset me in this world that makes me want to go off and say some stuff like with the Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head situation or the uh, Santa Claus should be gender neutral, even though they have a Mrs. Claus. I know we're in a different time, but I grew up in a time where we didn't have any of this. And it's all, and I think it's strictly because of COVID-19 because everybody's inside and they're, you know, they have nothing better to do but look online and, you know, somebody gets pissed off at something. Right, right. Well, and, and I mean, in truth, maybe it has something to do with that, but I think it also just has to do with just the broadening of people's views and, and people just trying to be kind to each other. Um, and maybe that's not the right way to show kindness is to start banning things left and right. But anyway, that's just interesting. Yeah. We are living in strange times for sure. Did you ever think we were going to be in a pandemic in, uh, in like your lifetime? Oh, no. I still remember back in, you know, December, November, December, we started hearing about it in 2019. And then we're in January and you're still hearing about things. And, and who would think that we'd be in there? It's going to be a year for California, at least like in a week, it's going to have been a full year. So I think it was like March 13th. So that's just crazy. We shut down, I believe Pennsylvania shut down. With their jobs or losing, yeah? I'm saying like, I think Pennsylvania shut down um, around the same time, maybe the 22nd. Oh, okay. And I might be wrong on the date, but I knew it was in March. No, no. no. Has that been, you still had to go to work even though we were in shutdown or your day job? Um, well, they actually laid me off. They, they laid everybody oh. off the 20, except for like three people. They laid everybody off the, um, 21st of March. Yeah. They laid, they laid everybody off the 21st of March and there was like three people still working there. Then they laid off the rest of the people that were there and they were slowly bringing people back, but they didn't bring me back at all. So I had a I was forced to be unemployed for 10 months. And I, you know, I just said, you know what, let me just stick it out for the pandemic. Wait till June, see what happens. Cause I heard all these reports, you know, summertime, it's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Then I kept calling my job. They said, Oh, you know, we're, we're going to come back in September, wait till September, wait till November. And then I started working somewhere else. And my old job actually called me back in January. And then I just said, screw it. I'll go back. A different okay. job that I worked like two years ago. Right. So, but, All right. Yeah. What about you? Well, I run a nonprofit. And so we had to stop all of our face-to-face programs. But, um, and it really hurt us in terms of just cash flow. And we lost one of our longtime employees, but we're, st- we're still surviving. So it hurt us, but I, we have online programs. So it wasn't just, it wasn't, it didn't kill the foundation but it was, it was hard, like a lot of businesses who have been suffering. Um, so I, I will be happy when things start opening up again, for sure. I, do you, when do you think you guys are going to open up? Well, we did. We opened up in September for face-to-face, but everyone just wears face masks. Okay. And we have, like, we have students separated by six-feet tables, and we clean in between classes. And we only can have six or seven students at a time instead of 22 or more. Um, and so, uh, so we are open, but hopefully after the vaccine gets more widely distributed, we will be able to, you know, 
go back to more normal operations, I guess. Now, what do you think about the vaccine? Do you think you're going to take that? Because I have different views on that. Like, I'm not, I'm still very weary about it just because it it came out so quickly. And I guess we, it had to, I mean, I'm not going to say like, oh, it came out so quickly. I'm not going to, it had to, because people were dying left and right. But what do you think about it? Um, So that's a really complex question. I think I actually am getting my second dose tomorrow because I'm considered because my, my son has Down syndrome, so I'm considered a, a healthcare worker. And plus, I work with students with Down syndrome, so they are at a higher risk of having serious complications from, uh, from COVID. So for me, at my age, it's a good idea to get the vaccine, but, and, and my family will be vaccinated as well. So I'm, I, I think that there is a, obviously we've got a lot of people to protect and we need to get to this level where people aren't just constantly getting sick. Um, But I just talked to some medical personnel who are younger and they're a little wary of it because they, they are figuring, well, I'm young and healthy. If I get it, I probably, you know, won't suffer, you know, really bad consequences. I'm being careful. I'm not around people who are more susceptible. So I think that that reasonable people can make decisions on both sides about whether to get it. But this, this person that I was talking to, um, he just said, it's, there's just no knowledge about long-term effects and it's so new. So he personally was going to wait, but he didn't want to, like, he doesn't like to talk about it because people get very opinionated one way or the other about vaccination, but you know, it depends who you're with. My mother's in her eighties. My son's at a higher risk. I work with students who are at a higher risk. So for me, it will make me feel safer to know that for 96% of it, I'm not getting it and transferring it to any of these people I care about, right? So for me, it made sense. But I can see people when they say they don't want to get it. I can understand why they might not want to. And we're getting the Johnson Johnson one, which is a one-dose vaccine, that's, there's going to be millions of those available. What in a couple of days? I mean, it just so there's even a new vaccine. So yeah. I, you know, I just, I just think we we won't know. But I think someone was saying that I don't want to say research in something that's being recorded. But the idea was that people who had gotten the vaccine and gotten COVID, apparently, except for one person who had a shock reaction, it's been there's there's been very little immediate negative impacts other than just some flu symptoms. So I'm not saying that as a doctor or anything. It's just, that's what I've heard, but I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it goes tomorrow. The second dose, sometimes they say you get a little bit sicker. Well, my mom got, my mom's a healthcare worker and she got, you know, her vaccinated and she, she seems fine. I'm going to knock on that. Um, But yeah, I, I want to wait at least a little bit. I mean, I'm, if I have to get it, I have to get it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be one of those guys that's going to lock myself in the room and until I get it, I want to get yeah. it eventually, but I just, I just want to wait it out a little bit. Just well, see how it goes. And even if you just wait till the Johnson and Johnson one is widely available, I mean, that is a broader vaccine. So the vaccine that I got is COVID-19. It's not vaccinating me against the variants. Well, this new one, it's less effective for COVID-19, but apparently it is broader. So it includes some of the variant strains. So, you know, it's just, it's a crapshoot, right? What you're going to be exposed to, how much it varies and all the rest. But I just think if people are being reasonable, making good decisions for themselves and 
we keep being safe, then we'll get past this like every other, everything that we deal with, you know, we're resilient, but it is, it is a little bit of a crazy time to be living. And you must be getting good info if your mom's a healthcare professional. So, well, I mean, uh, so I kept hearing all these like weird conspiracy theories. And when I was on lock, when we were on lockdown for like two weeks, I saw this video and it was about this girl who worked in the healthcare system. And she was saying that like, you know, doctors are, you know, literally they're not helping the patients that have COVID-19. They're just letting them die. And it was a YouTube video. It was actually really, if it was like fake, it was really well produced, mm-hmm. but she sounded so real and sincere that she was like, these people are dying and us uh, healthcare workers were not like helping them because they don't want to get sick. And she, I had to quit my job because I was just getting tired of everybody dying. It was like really weird. And like, you know, just sit, because I was by myself and my fiance was working. Um, and she was essential. And I'm just like sitting there. I'm like free. I was freaking out. I called my mom. I'm like, mom, like, can I was like, I know you, you know, I don't want you to break a HIPAA law, but like, what, what is going on? And she was like, and I told her the story. She was like, well, we're not allowed to do that. We don't do that. We're not letting our, you know, you know, people die, our patients die. We're really helping them out. So I'm just like thinking, like, was she being real with me or was she like, you know, telling me the truth? Because that, that's the thing. You can't trust anything you see on the internet. Right. You know what I mean? So, it, I kind of had to ask her. She told me like, you know, oh, we're doing everything we can. You just sat in the third. I'm thinking, okay. Yeah. I think, I think the idea is you have to consider the source, you know, yeah. I mean, you can trust some things you see, but you just need to be very wary about the source of that information. And I, I know there's so much out there that can lead people, you know, down rabbit holes of misinformation or, you know, odd information. So, Yeah. That's smart not to just believe everything you see. It's crazy. And you said you work with uh, students that have Down syndrome and you have a Down mm-hmm. syndrome. That takes a very special person to do it, to do that, to be honest. Well, you know what? I don't, I, I might've felt like that at some point. I mean, I, I didn't have any experience in the special needs community before Nick was born, but it is um, like, I don't know how to say this, this is so funny because I wasn't, I don't have my, uh, my Down syndrome advocate hat on, but it's really quite a blessing to get to work with, with people who are just diverse and who learn differently. And there, you know, you can't make generalizations about any people, but there is, there is an honesty and just a real um, sense of um, a pride with the students we work with that makes it just a joy. So I think that um, I feel like I'm really lucky to have ended up in this path because it's, it's fulfilling. I feel like there's cool relationships that I get um, involved in and, and I get to do something that is, 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 is helping others. So it's, you know, it's a service, but it also gives back to me. So, um, so it's been a good thing. It's, it's, we, I mean, we've had the foundation since 2001. It's been a, it's been a long time. So I guess we're, oh, I guess 2021, we're coming up on our anniversary. So. Yeah. I, uh, so I have uh, Asperger's. Like oh, you do? I, yeah. So I had a really bad learning disability. I remember like I was in special ed in school mm-hmm. and I remember being bullied a lot because I was different. 
I learned differently from people from, uh, you know, normal, normal kids that I went to school with, you know what I mean? So I always felt it was kind of a disease in a way because my mom kind of treated it like as a disease, like as a disease, I think, even though I don't think she intended to do that. I think she right. was looking out for me because, you know, I had a learning disability and I was in special ed for, you know, K through 12th grade and stuff. And, um, I, I know it, it was hard for me at least, but I mean, growing up and learning more stuff, like being more street, uh, street smart and instead of book smart, I feel like it helped me out in the long run, to be honest. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, I never told have- anybody that. Oh, well, I thank you for trusting me with that. You know, there's a book, it's called Neurotribes, like N-E-U-R-O-T-R-I-B-E-S. You might want to look at it at some point because it's really, it, I, my husband's read it twice, but it is fascinating because, you know, society, I think the point is that a lot of people who gravitate towards certain professions, let's say Silicon Valley or really smart computer engineers or other things. I mean, there are people who might be on the autism spectrum or might have Asperger's, but it's just not diagnosed. But, you know, it just, it seems like it's much more common than people know. And I think as, as there's been more awareness of disabilities and more just general acceptance of diversity, then I think there's less reason for people to, you know, feel, I don't know the word, self-conscious about it, maybe. Right. Like I would never, I would never know that you had time, you know, in special ed or that you, you know, unless you mention it's not, some disabilities are uh, visual. I mean, Down syndrome is visual. You can see it. Autism isn't visual, but sometimes yeah. if, if, if someone has more pronounced, I guess, behaviors because of it, then having people understand that would help them deal with that person more effectively. But like I said, I would, I mean, I would never know just chatting with you, but um, cause we have a lot of, we have students who are um, on the spectrum and also have Down syndrome. It's co, you know, co-occurring um, disability. And so we, we work with a lot of students with very varying learning strengths and challenges. Um, how interesting yeah, i still I, kind of think it's funny that we're talking because i don't know how we met it was like a like a mutual friends on facebook or yeah i, think I, was, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean it, it's it's amazing though like you know i never no one no one knew that i had asperger's like my like my friends at least right and my fiance didn't either until i told her and then i told my mom they were like or told her mom she was like you have asperger's i'm like yeah she was like well I never would have known that because you went to college and whatnot I was like well just because I went to college <laughs> and whatnot doesn't mean that you know people that have Asperger's they learn differently either whether they're in special ed or they're really intelligent you know so it, it didn't really matter like that I went to college or whatnot it just you know shows that like a lot of people don't really I, I don't know it's hard to explain for me I guess in my words <laughs> to be honest but I, it's like I don't tell people just because I don't want other people to look at me like, Oh, wow. You're like, you know, they'll, they'll use you're stupid or, you know, they'll say something, you know what I mean? They'll say something derogatory. I don't want to like go that far because I've had people who did that to me before, like a long time ago. Right. 
Yeah, I would, I would be surprised if as an adult mm-hmm. dealing with adults that that, I, I mean, maybe it still exists, but it would be those same people who would criticize uh, your podcast because they have nothing better to do, right? Um, that's the thing. You can't listen to those people. It's just life's too short. That, that's, well, I don't listen. Like I listen to the people, but then I just go right back at them and attack them. That's how I go. Oh, no. <laughs> you just have to hear them and then just go like, it's not even worth my time to attack you. I got more important things to do. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people who have attacked me, they start their own show and they start, you know, doing their own stuff. And it's just like, okay, so where did you get the inspiration from my show or, you know, because I've interviewed my friends, I've had my friends come on the show and then they would just go right off and do their own, uh, you know, podcast something. And okay. Did you get that from me or did you get that from somebody else? And you know, some people do their show differently and yeah, I know. Uh, and they they've claimed that they're going to beat me at my own game and i look at their show and i'm thinking hmm well because i don't listen to their show i just look at their view their view count i'm thinking wow like you got this many views but you don't have two sponsorships like me so (laughs) (laughs) that's just yeah you don't have time for that no uh my, my time is more focused on doing this and videos and who the next person I'm going to interview. <laughs> right, right, right. So what kind of music are you into? I listen to really anything except okay. like not, not the hardcore rap. I'll listen to some rap like a little bit that I catches my ear. If it's like good, I'll be like, all right, I could listen to that, but I won't listen to the artists fully. Like, I won't listen to their whole album. Listen to their right, right. But, um, I like rock, heavy metal. Um, what okay. else do I like? Some country, some rap. I'm not in the gospel. Bathroom, please. Um, musicals. I'll listen to. I'll listen to Grease and. Um, you ever hear the musical Hair? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of my course. mom got me into that. Okay. Believe yeah, that was fun. That is fun. So I listen to literally anything that catches my uh, ear, but I do have like favorite bands and whatnot, so. Yeah. Okay. There's some. Uh, I'm really turning on this... the Foo Fighters right now. Oh, okay. For some That's reason, fun. I don't know. I, I I like their music, but I've really got turned on to them recently since they have a new channel on XM. So I listen to that like whenever I can. So. Okay. That's what about interesting. You? Well, right now I'm 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 just listening to so much music. Also, I think. Like you, I mean, I, ha- I have broad genre taste. I'm, I don't really listen to a lot of kind of more Broadway type music, but, you know, rock and pop and hip hop and just current, current music, because I'm part of what I'm doing is, so part of the songwriting I'm doing is just things I move to write, but we, I'm also doing something which is called writing for sync placement, which is you're writing songs to be placed in movies or TV or advertisements. And so one of the things that those um, platforms require is current sounding music. So if, if all you're listening to is 80 cover bands or 80 bands or whatever, then you're not gonna be writing current music. So I think that I, I will find myself on Spotify doing like, you know, top 50 hits and, you know, listening to Taylor Swift's most current 
you know, or the weekend or whatever it might be, but just listening to some current stuff. And, um, and it's, it's inspirational because, you know, you just are hearing just different sounds. There's different, um, the synth, the, the way you can make music now, it's so different. And I, I was in this class, it was called, I don't know, you probably don't, can't curse on your podcast, but it was called Make This S-H-I-T uh, Modern. And it was really about how to take sounds and keep them current. And even, you know, just all kinds of sounds. So it's kind of fun. Oh, so, I curse on the podcast a lot. Oh, do you? <laughs> okay. You, should, you I, should hear my vocabulary. It's very... Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Well, just in case anyone I know ever sees it, I can at least say I just spelled a bad word. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I'm enjoying listening to all kinds of music right now and writing all kinds of music. I'm, I just produced a music that has some spoken word. I won't call, I won't call it rap because um, that would sound funny, but um, I'll, sh I'll share it with you after. It's kind of fun. Um, but just uh, my songs are kind of all over the place right now in terms of genre. I mean, although mostly rock pop and, you know, indie kind of, you know, independent. So I feel that's what a lot of musicians are doing right now, only because I know a lot of, I've interviewed a lot of musicians on my show and songwriters oh, yeah. and producers, and they like having the edgy type of feel when it comes to songwriting, because they don't want just straight up rock or straight up pop. They want to mix it up a little bit. And I feel like a lot of bands are doing that. Like before, uh, what's his name? Chester Benningfield of uh, Lincoln Park. Before he passed away and committed suicide, I remember their last album was very poppy. And it was really, it was different. And a lot of people didn't like it. And I'm thinking like, well, they're trying to evolve and do something different with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, when there's noise in the back. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's just so many different sounds coming out. I mean, even like, I just, I'm into Imagine Dragons and Lumineers now. And I mean, I'm, people will send me names of, of artists that I've just never even heard of that I'm sampling. And it's just, it's super fun to hear just even the way different artists are treating the, the verses and their lyrics and how they're singing them in different, you know, cadences and it's just, um, it's ever evolving. And so it's just fun. And it's so easy to get music now, right? Because it used to be you had to buy the album. And I know it's very hard on artists now because streaming won't pay the bills unless you're like an A-lister. But there are just a lot of other opportunities to be involved in music in ways that can be fulfilling. So that's cool too, because you, because you can just self-produce and, and get your music out there on Spotify and different streaming sources now in a much easier way than you used to be able to, you know? And the best thing is people from different countries can listen to your music too. Yes. And then share it. Like, so for example, I did a video, I did a whole like scripted series last year, right before COVID hit and it's on Facebook and it's on YouTube as well. But, right. um, I had 12,000 uh, viewers and I had like 25 people like it. And it was weird because they were all from Saudi Arabia. And my mom, because it was it had something to do with like the devil and the Grim Reaper. It's a whole long story. I'll, it's too long to get into. But okay, anyway, okay. My mom was like, don't give them any idea because ideas because you're going to be the uh, next person to cause 9-11 part two. I'm like, mom, I'm like, I highly doubt that. 
my, my mom would test me with certain things and I'm just like, no, mom, it's not going to happen like that. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's another thing. It's, it is interesting to see like how many people watch something versus actually making comments about it. It's always fascinating because there's always, you know, the, the, the silent, the silent ones who show up and, um, I just finished, it was yesterday, well, Monday was actually this one year anniversary of a challenge I gave myself to show up every Monday and share whatever I'm working on musically. And so I only missed one episode. So there were 51 episodes and, um, and it was so fun to see how people followed or grew that Monday challenge, you know, because in the beginning, no one knew it was a thing. And then just this evening when I was before I was going to talk to you, I looked and one friend had said, you know, it gave him a reason to look forward to Monday. And I thought that is like one of the sweetest comments ever. But, you know, it's it's interesting to see when you're putting out content, who gravitates towards that content, you know, and who you're trying to build up as the people who kind of support you and who you support yeah no i understand well i have to do more research and look more into what what you said um (laughs) my doggies are starting to get a little um irritated i don't want to ruin your podcast with barking dogs oh it's fine i've had so many like i've had so many weird things come on like with when i've had guests come on my like podcast and whatnot even when i did the show like live on facebook my dad because i did in my kitchen my dad would sometimes like you know, photo bomb the, or you know, video bomb me by going into the kitchen or, you know, he would like scream my name from when he was downstairs and I was up in my room. Um, but with the whole, with the whole uh, inspiration talk, like whenever I made a video, I made a, uh, like I have a YouTube channel and whatnot. I made a series kind of where my fiance were, and I were getting kicked out of my house because my something with my sister so I was like, yeah, my parents are kicking me out. I have uh, two months to get out. And a lot of people who watched that video, they, you know, emailed me and said like, hey, you can come live with me. You know, I live in California or I live in uh, Oklahoma. You can come live with me. And I'm thinking like, wow, a lot of people are really like, you know, getting like giving me an idea of where to live or people are like, hey, man, this is really inspirational. I really like, you know, like the way you're doing your videos, this, that, and the third. And uh I think it's kind of cool that you just like got a place, you know, in a month that you had to uh, leave your uh, parents' house. And um, my parents didn't like that, but <laughs> it was all fun for me. Because right. a lot of people, I helped out a lot of people who were going through that tough, you know, that tough time. And that was 2018. And a lot well, of people were inspired that, you know, I got my own place in literally one month. And it was just, out of pure luck because we were just driving going to get food for ourselves and we saw one bedroom apartment i'm like oh i was like here give me that number i want to call them and i did and we lived there for about a yeah lived there for a year and now i'm in a a house now (laughs) well um you know i i talk a lot with different creative people writers and musicians etc and um when you when you've talk to people. I mean, there is this idea that, that your story is unique to you and that by sharing your story that you are helping other people, you know, there's only one you with all the facets of you. And so that's why I was saying earlier is that as long as you're being genuine and like true in what you say, it seems like you're going to find 
your people, right? The yeah. people who, who want to hear what you're up to and want to follow your podcast and kind of support you in this aspect of your life. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where you go. I'll have to keep an eye out. Definitely. Yeah. I, I want to keep this thing going. It's been five, six years this June. Um, I've had a lot of weird things happen. I've had a lot of uh, hate and I've had a lot of good things happen to the show. And I think once I started doing interviews, that's when my show started kicking off because I've interviewed, like I said, I've interviewed some famous people as well. Right. Um, interviewed a TikTok star, Steve Grillo, uh, Daryl Marson from Ghost Hunters. And I interviewed some people from MTV. Um, you ever hear of uh, Elvis Duran in the morning show? Uh, no, but that doesn't mean anything. They, they're like a syndicated radio station, like in top, I, I can't remember what, you know, what number they are, but in any event, I interviewed one of the uh, uh, producers on the show. It, so it's like, I can get all these interviews and I've interviewed a few famous people and it's kind of like, if I can do that, I can become a big podcaster, a big broadcaster or whatever in the near future. And I think the key to the success is you have to like put that in your brain that, all right, I'm going to become, I'm going to make it big. I don't know when or where, or what time, but at some point before I'm like 30 or 40 or however old it takes, whenever long it takes, um, I'm going to make it. And uh, there's not going to be no one in my way to uh, push me out of the way and say, you can't do it. You know what? That is the advice is just never give up on your dreams and just keep taking steps, you know, meaningful steps in the direction that you need to take to keep things happening. And I, I think that you can't help but be a success. Yeah, and you just gotta think positively. Mm-hmm. I, I interviewed a guy, Paul, his name was Paul. He actually lives in Liverpool, like right outside of it. And um, he pretty much told me the keys to, to success was, you know, think positive and put that in your brain that you're gonna make it. and. You know, he's done some stuff in his back in his day. He produced music with Fleetwood Mac and Motley Crue. And this was back in the 80s. I'm like, how did you do that? He was like, oh, I knew somebody and I had to move, go to Hollywood and move there and whatnot. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Because now you could just go on the internet. But I, I kind of would like, I feel like it was, it would be more of a struggle back though, back then, like the 70s and 80s and whatnot. Because like I said, we don't have it. There was no internet at all (laughs) well yeah well and and not only that just think about this so you've interviewed these famous people and then you interview people who aren't famous like me but like we connected just through social media and we can have a conversation and there's really no there's not really a downside if, if the interview's stinky and you just don't like the person at all, it's not like you had to have travel expenses and hotel expenses and fly someone out because you just jump on and it's a matter of just some of your time, you know? So you have more, I think you probably get a lot more people to say yes, even if, if you don't know them or they don't know you and it's cost effective, right? And you, you're exposed to all these people so easily. Whereas before, I mean, I think it was hard even to access people. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and the thing with the podcast, this is what I love doing when it comes to like doing the show. I love getting personal with people. And I, and I know a lot of people don't like getting personal because, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if it's just because they had something traumatic happen in their life and they don't want to, you know, share it with somebody. But I also, I think getting personal makes good content for anybody. 
because I feel you're exposing, you're telling me your story about like something that tragically happened in your life. And it helps other people who are listening, you know, feel your pain and they want to hear how you got through it and stuff like that. That's what I like doing with the show. I like getting personal with a lot of people who I have on the show. And a lot of people don't, don't want to comply, but a lot of people do comply. You know what I mean? I can see that. And I do think that is part of it. I mean, cause you can just talk about what it's like to live in California versus Pennsylvania, or you can talk about working with learners with Down syndrome and your struggles when you were going through school. I mean, it's just all different depths of things you can talk about, but I don't think people's interest gets um, maintained very much if you're just talking about what it's like to live in a place. So, I mean, I think you can always have that shallow chit chat and then you can have topics where you do deeper dives. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I like going deep into people's minds. Like I like to right. hear <laughs> it, not to be weird, but that that's just, that's just the type of person I am. I always like hearing people's stories. That's what I would do at the bar with, the, you know, ask people like, you know, what's your story? Yeah, well, and I, I bet that that is, that's why this is a good career for you, right? I mean, if, you, if what you get, what you like to do is get to know people, what a great way to do that, right? You know? yeah. And I like, I think I've been on two other um kind of podcasty type things, completely unrelated to this. One was for a woman, she does something called Flow TV. It's kind of cool, but it, that was just a short, like a 20 minute discussion. And the other was in the Down syndrome community. It was for a hospital on teaching reading. So that was very different. But both of those podcasts were, were you're, you're scripted. So you know what questions you're gonna be asked. And um, so you can kind of prepare, but I was thinking, what are you going to want to talk about? And you're like, oh, we just start chatting and then we'll figure it out. And I guess that kind of works because we've been chatting for over an hour. And I thought, okay, you kind of just do free flowing. That's what I like doing. I mean, some yeah. people do want certain questions to be asked. Like I'm having this, um, I think she's like 13 or 14. She's coming on my show. She's had music on that was on television before. So I, you looked at her resume. I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. You know, would you be comfortable coming on the show? You know, I'm just going to ask you, I'm not going to probably go deep dive into her because she's, right. she hasn't lived long enough, but not to be weird, but like, I like, she wanted me to ask certain questions about like her music and what she's been through because she has like something in her bio saying that she was bullied and she wrote a song to like, you know, go after the bullies and stuff like that. I'm thinking, Oh, that's kind of like interesting. So you know, that's going to be coming out soon, but I, yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. And I can see particularly for someone young, who's not used to thinking on their feet or answering questions that having some questions in advance could be helpful. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I so that's a good idea for someone that age. Hey, Oliver over here, babe. What kind of dogs do you have? Um, one is a Doberman, uh, and the other is a lab, but they just, they get, it's dinner time for them. So they're getting a little wild and starting to play with their toys. They've been mostly good. So I, it hasn't been a lot of background. I was worried they were going to, you know, the phone is going to ring. They're going to start howling or something. Oh no, it doesn't, it doesn't bug me. I've, I mean, I've had more people, like I said, with my dad, I've had my dad. You know, yes. Yeah. But a lot of weird things happen on the show. <laughs> we'll put it that yes. way. Yes. 
I was, well, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was like stalked once and like I had my stalker was literally like going on a live Facebook stream and commenting every little thing during the stream. It was weird. And that was, that is, yeah. 2016. <laughs> yeah. That's just crazy. That's crazy. What were you about to say? Um, I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I think I was just going to say thank you for just, you know, following up with me and for inviting me to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I really, it was, it was fun talking to you and getting to know you a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for coming on. Yeah. So um, I'm going to have to keep, keep touch. Well, now we're Facebook friends, so I know where to find you. And um, just let me know what's going on with your career. If it takes pivots and I'll, I'll check in your, you know, TJ, TJ TV and do that as well. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to say anything else, but I just, I hear my dog's getting restless and I don't want to end up in a situation where it's, um, it's kind of crazy over here. Yeah. That, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, do you have anything you want to promote before you head out? Promote? Um, oh gosh. Well, you know what? I would love it if people, if, if anyone was genuinely interested in the music I'm putting out, if they wanted to listen, you know, if it's not their cup of tea, then I wouldn't expect people to listen, but I've got, you know, my Dana Halley songs that my Dana Halley and Rose and fire are my two labels that are on Spotify and streaming. So if anybody is interested in checking out that music, of course, I love meeting new people who kind of like what I'm putting out there. But other than that, no, I'm just, I'm just doing this because it, it just feels right. And it's really, really fun to be working in music right now. So, so nothing awesome. other than that. What about um, one more question? We'll do one more question. Yeah. 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 Do you have, do you have any message of hope for the COVID-19 pandemic? Do you have any message of hope for anybody out there listening? Oh my goodness. A message of hope. That is such a big question. Um, there's so many people impacted in, in different ways that it's hard to have a single message of hope. But if I was going to say anything, I would say that within all the distress and, and the hardship is I've, I personally have found some silver linings. I found, you know, I had extended time to spend, let's say with my kids because they were home and, and out of work for a while, or because my job was kind of technically closed down for a while, I was able to focus on music a little bit more. So I, I guess that my message of hope is gonna be that, that we're resilient people. We will get through this. This will not be forever. We're already making strides. And just to make sure that, that you're, you're taking, you know, looking for things to be grateful for, even if things seem dark, because I think that what you focus on expands. So if you're focused on all the negative things that are coming out in life because of COVID, then you're just going to see all the negative things. But if you can find, you know, even one beautiful thing that you got to do that you wouldn't have been able to do or rest that you were able to get, then that can help um, build your reserves to just make it a little bit further down the road, I guess. Yeah, I like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. That, that's, that's just what I can think of. Because, I mean, it is, it is really hard times, but, you know, things are opening back up. So there's, there's new opportunities. And so, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the next, maybe the thing that you lost or you weren't able to do will open the door to something even bigger or better. We just don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, um, um, 
Yeah, no, thank you again for coming on. And uh, this will be out on Friday, and I'll be sure to okay. tag you in everything once. Do you have an Instagram or Twitter or anything? I do. Do you want me to give it to you in our Facebook chat or? Yeah, do that uh, personal message. Just give me a personal message and then uh, yeah. shoot me a personal message and I'll, you know, post everything all on Twitter okay. and Instagram and whatnot. All right. I appreciate that. It was so nice meeting you. Seriously. I just didn't know what this can be like. You're super easy to talk to. So I know, I know you're going to do well. I, and it'll be fun for me now to have this interview and then see where you take it from here. Thank you. It's fun talking to you too. Yeah. I like meeting new people and a lot of people tell me like I'm easy to talk to and yes, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what vibe I bring off, but I feel like, you know, I really like and appreciate when people tell me that I'm easy to talk to. Well, it is because I'm, I, I, in my real world, I, I, I make a joke about this, but I'm kind of shy. And so like, I had a little bit of nerves about doing this, but I think it is, you just seem like down to earth, genuine, and you just, you, you listen, you ask good follow-up questions. And so you make it easy to be a guest. So that if it's easy to do, then people will say nice things about it and enjoy doing it. So yeah, you should have confidence there. Yeah, definitely. It brings me a lot of confidence. I have like, a, I have a big, I have a more broader story to my confidence because you know, I've had a lot of stuff happen to me at you know a young age, nothing right. bad, but you know, right. some good, some bad, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Definitely. All right. But um, yeah, um, both we will talk later and uh, hope to hear from you soon. Okay. Thanks so much. All right. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. That was Dana Holly. And that was actually a, such a great interview, to be honest. I really hope that we can talk more one day. It was really fun. Um, we're going to take a quick little break and then we will be back with the outro and we will go from there. So yeah, I'll be back in just a few seconds. All right, guys, that was the podcast. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it was a really fun interview. We had a really good connection doing this interview. It was really awesome, you know. I'm hoping one day we can talk more and, you know, it was just really cool. Really cool to have somebody like that come on the show. You know, hopefully we have more of these very soon. So like I said in the beginning of the uh, podcast, we have a couple episodes coming out. So we have an interview starting on Monday, which is going to be fun. So that's coming on the show. That's going to be happening on the show. We also have the COVID-19 retrospective, which basically, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. But it's basically what I went through during COVID-19. It's going to be some clips probably for a week-long run. So that's going to be happening not next week, but the week after. I think this, that's the last week of March. So stay tuned for that because it's just, you know, it's something I want to do. And it's not me being rude or hateful. It's just me, you know, saying we had a long year of 2020 and I wanted a lot of people to hear my story because I highly doubt people are going to want to go all the way back to a podcast from like, you know, a year, a year ago. So we'll see what happens from there. Um, but yeah, guys, I hope everyone enjoyed that podcast. Enjoyed the episode. There's a lot more coming out very soon. And, um, yeah, um, uh, that's enough show for, that's enough shows for one week, you know, hopefully. Yeah. I think that's enough shows for a week. 
<laughs> so we'll go from there. All right, gang. So uh, I will see you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend. And uh, until we meet again. Uh, so bye. Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow and then the days got worse and worse and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, haha, they're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, haha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats and they're coming to take me away.